0: Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon.
1: You know, guys, we're, we're going through the Gospel of Matthew. And we're finishing up chapter 9 today. We're going to start chapter 10 next week. And I think it's interesting because it's almost like Matthew, towards the end of this chapter, before he begins a new section, actually as a part of an introduction to the new section, he kind kind of summarizes where Jesus is at. He kind of shows us the compassion of Jesus towards us. Because Jesus is going to look out over the people and he's going to make an assessment. And from that assessment, he's going to actually tell us what we need to do. Now, why is that relevant to us today? What has that got to do with us 2,000 years later? Because, well, maybe what Jesus tells them to do, we need to do still, but... You might be thinking, well, you know, that's Jesus's assessment of 2000 years ago. Today is a completely different story, George. Today it is a mess. And you know, you might be saying that. You look at the news today, you look at the political process, how that's going, whatever party you're from. You look at the nation, you look at the world scene, you look at the local whatever and and and, and you look at how the culture is really shifting and it's, and it's and let's be honest it's shifting fast isn't it it's changing fast and and you don't know what to do or what to think in fact let's i have it here the first section there we get worked up you know anybody that's worked up i think all of us know somebody that's worked up right I mean, whatever you get with them. It's not the Steelers anymore. They're not talking about the Steelers anymore. They're talking about, do you believe? It's people get anxious. If you listen to Christian radio, I'll just be honest with you today. Sometimes I just rather listen to the station that plays music. Because when I'm listening to some talking person on there, everybody's worked up. What's going on there? A couple things I want you to see. Many Christians are upset about our present situation. They're, they're just flat out upset. I mean, I think that's pretty pretty well describes it, right? People are just upset. It's not the way it used to be anymore. It's like, holy cow, what happened? Did I just wake up into a nightmare? Can I go back to sleep and get up and life will be the same? And we're all worked up. We just want our world to be the same, and it's not. It's changing around us. And so here's, here's what happens. And I have especially seen this in the last eight years. They are angry and have a gloomy perspective. They are angry and have a gloomy perspective. I started noticing this about eight years ago. And, and, and if you're older here, I apologize. I'm not picking on you, but I've noticed it especially is true among those who are older. I started hearing the older people start saying things like this. Jesus is coming back. This is the time. I've even heard people say this, and usually when they say this, they are not speaking because they are theologically informed. They're just speaking because they're reacting. They'll say, th- we're living in the tribulation. We're living in the tribulation. What do you think, Pastor? What do you think, George? We're living in the tribulation. Look at what's happening. And here's what I say to them. Yeah, things are bad, but we're not in the tribulation. How do you know that? Well, the Bible says the tribulation begins with a peace treaty in Jerusalem, and that isn't even happening right now, so it ain't the tribulation. This is not it. What's going on is this. Why you think Jesus is getting ready is is because things are happening and changing so fast and you're so upset because your world isn't the same or what you thought was not the same is no longer the same. So it must mean that Jesus is coming back. No. It's just that we're facing a different world now. In fact, can I just stop for a moment? Because you say, oh, Jordan, I don't know if I agree with you. You know what? I I do travel a little bit. Can I tell you the only place in the world that thinks that it's the end and Jesus is coming back is America. Christians all over the world face difficult times every day. They're not saying that. They're looking for Jesus to come back, but they're not saying this is it. So we're all worked up. And we react. So what I want to do today is I want to show you these closing statements from Jesus to kind of help us to regain a perspective. We're going to look at his assessment and learn from it because what we look at as gloomy, what we look at as being bad, can I say this to you, may actually be an opportunity. can I say to you, may actually be an opportunity for a change from God in people's lives. Because let, let me just be honest with you, okay? Let, let me just be honest with you. I mean, A lot of you have friends who, um, who just aren't interested in your Jesus. Am I correct in saying that? you got family members, you got friends who just aren't interested in Jesus. Well, can I explain to you what they're not interested in? They're not interested in church. Because sometimes they haven't been presented with the real Jesus. Do you understand what I'm saying? What they're not interested in is church. Because what they say is, and this is why a large portion of the population are still marking down that they're nothing. What what, what do you believe in? I'm nothing. They're the nuns. What's going on there? Here's what's going on. They don't see that what we're here for is relevant to them. And and I'll be honest with you, we haven't presented it as being relevant. We've presented it as show up and serve in the church and show up and be a part of the church. But we've never expressed to people that Jesus Christ is relevant to where they're at right now. Do you understand? When we talk about Jesus and stuff, we talk about what's going to happen to you later when you die. That's our gospel presentations. We don't talk about the relevance of Jesus now. And while the world is turning upside down, is it possible that rather than be gloomy and get all worked up, that maybe we need to see it as an opportunity? Because I'm going to be honest with you folks, things have not changed since Jesus was here. How do you know that? Well, let's look at this passage together. Look with me. Verse 35. We're just going to look at four verses today. Verses 35 through 38. Look at what Matthew writes. Then Jesus went about all the cities and the villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them, because they were weary and scattered, having a sh- having sh- like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, "The harvest is truly plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray." the Lord of the harvest, to send out laborers into his harvest. Here's what we're going to do, folks. We're going to take a look at these four verses. We're going to basically divide it up into two sections. We're going to see that Jesus is moved to compassion. We're going to see why that is. And let me just stop for a moment. As we see why Jesus is moved to compassion, I hope that it will stir something in you and I to move us to compassion. Because what we're moved to is anger. I'm just gonna be honest with you. We're moved to anger. We're moved to reaction. We need to move to compassion. All right. We're, we're going to see that Jesus is moved to compassion, and then we're going to see what Jesus' solution is to the problem. He's going to make an assessment. And we're going to see what Jesus' solution is, and hopefully, we can embrace his solution. Okay. So let's look at what he does here. He, he 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 makes. He's moved to compassion because he sees three things. Three things that he sees here. Look with me. Verse 36, but when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered and like sheep having no shepherd. Okay, three things I want you to see here about why he was moved to compassion. Jesus sees that, they, that we are weary and harassed by life. Jesus sees that we are weary and harassed by life. Let me just stop for a moment. That phrase, weary and harassed, that's us. Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah, you might be having a good week. Yeah, it might be a good month. It might even be just a good day, or maybe you're just feeling good right now. Okay? But the fact of the matter is, is let's be honest, life is hard. Life is tough. And it does not end. Do you know what I'm saying? You're just looking for the breather after the last event. And you're hoping that the next event doesn't bring something else. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? Because let's, have you ever said this? Have you ever said this kind of thing? I say it all the time. I'm just tired. I'm sick of it. When's it going to end? Or when it rains, it pours. Did, 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 have you noticed the defeatist attitudes we have? It's because, yeah, we're excited for the moment, but then we got to get back to life, and life's just whooping up on us, right? The King James, the New King James, uses the word that we're weary. The, the, the NIV uses the word harassed. Life harasses us, doesn't it? Now, here's the wonderful thing I want you to see is is that Jesus... He's, he's going about, verse 35 says, he's going about all the villages, preaching the gospel of the kingdom. He's going about, he's healing the sick. He's interacting with people. And, and here's his assessment. He's moved to compassion because as he looks at people, he recognizes that we're harassed, that we're weary. Do you understand what I'm saying? Here's the wonderful thing. God knows you're God knows you're tired. God knows you're tired. Of the struggle. God knows you're tired. It's a struggle, isn't it? It's a struggle. You know, sometimes I I talk to parents. "Oh, Oh, can't wait to get through the teenage years. Can't wait to get through the teenage years. It'll be better if I get through the teenage years. Get through the teenage years. It doesn't get better, does it? It doesn't get better. This is the world we live in. Jesus acknowledges as a move to compassion for you and I because he sees that we're weary and harassed by life. Here's the second thing I want you to see. He sees. He sees that we're scattered and helpless. He's using the illustration of sheep here. Sheep, when they're gathered in a group, they're actually more safety in numbers. Do you you understand what I'm saying? But when they're scattered... They're they're vulnerable. And they're helpless. And and let's just be flat out honest. That's probably our biggest struggle. We we acknowledge that life is tough. We acknowledge that it's hard and we're tired of it. We're harassed by it. But here's what we can't handle. Okay? Here's what we can't handle, because here's the problem we're control freaks. Do you know what I'm saying? You're a control freak. Acknowledge that. Say it with me. I'm a control freak. I'm a control freak. Oh, that's lame, people. I don't like somebody telling me what to do, George. Okay, that's because you're a control freak. Okay? Say it with me. I'm a control freak. Why are you a control freak? Because you want to be in control. But here's the problem. Life does not allow you to be in control, does it? And a lot of times, we just feel vulnerable and helpless. We'd like to think we're in control, and we're, we, we've got it all together, and we know what's going to happen. But let me tell you, stuff happens, and you're, it's out of your control, and you're vulnerable. But here's the wonderful thing. Jesus sees that. Jesus sees that we're vulnerable. You know what? I, especially for us, you know, we, we get angry part of our anger is is that we see the culture shifting around us and and, and we just feel vulnerable now for some reason it's like well, what do you mean you know what's right's now wrong and what's wrong's now right and and what what, what can i believe and what, what, what's changing uh, yeah it's it's scary isn't it but Jesus sees that he sees you're weary and harassed he sees that you're scattered and you're you're helpless, you're vulnerable. Here's the third thing he sees. And I think this is so so evident for us. He sees that humanity has no real direction. He sees that humanity has no real direction. What did he say? He said they're like sheep without a shepherd. Isn't that true? You know, the most amazing book for me is the book of Judges. God brought him out of the promised land, brought him out of Egypt into the promised land. And the book of Judges several times throughout says, and every man did what was right in his own eyes. And it's not a positive statement. And and I'll be honest with you, that's basically where it is today. I mean, we're so into individual rights. Anybody can do whatever they want to. And so people do that. And so people today are without direction, even in the church. It's whatever you think is best. But let's be honest. Can we be honest? We have no clue what's best. We have no clue. And a lot of times in the direction that we think we should be going ends, only ends up creating a what? Bigger problem for us. And when you look at the world today, and especially in our culture where we're rebelling against anything that is any type of authority or any type of structure or institution, that's where we're at today. We basically have no direction. So we're not just harassed and weary, we're not just vulnerable and scattered, we're not just helpless, we basically don't have any type of direction and that's Jesus' assessment. Doesn't that describe today? Isn't that where we're at today? So I'm reading this and I'm thinking, okay, you got my attention, Jesus. Because that's where we're at. That's where I'm at. What's your solution? Because isn't that why we're here? Isn't that why we we, we go to God and we want from God a solution, right? Don't we want a solution? What's the solution, Jesus? Take up arms. Be upset. No, that's not his solution. That's what we're doing, though. Here's what his solution is. It'll blow your mind. I, I had to read it a couple of times. Like, are you kidding me? But then when you realize what he's saying... you realize what he's talking about. What we look at is a gloomy, terrible situation. Jesus has a different perspective on. So I want you to notice his solution. Look with me at verse 37 and 38. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. What? Wait, wait, wait a minute, Jesus. People, people are harassed. People are weary. People are helpless. They're vulnerable. They're scattered. They're, they don't have any direction. And what? We need a solution. Here's God's solution. First thing I want you to see. Jesus calls his disciples to recognize the opportunity. You know what Jesus would say to us today? He was looking out at America and the chaos that's happening in you and the different things. He would look and say, Wow, things are ready. Things are ready. What an opportunity! The field is wide unto harvest, folks, and it is. Because people are weary. People are harassed. People don't have a direction. They feel vulnerable. They feel helpless. What an opportunity to present to them. Not church. Listen to me. I am not talking about you presenting church. I am talking about you presenting who? Jesus. Wait a minute, what do you mean you're not presenting church, George? Isn't that important? Yeah, it's important, but even far more important than that is Jesus, right? Here, I'll give you an example of why I'm saying that. Some of you have been around church a long time. You know, I've been a believer 30 years. Some of you have been around longer than that, okay? And sometimes you were in church, and church wasn't a good place to be. Do you remember those times when church wasn't a good place to be? And, and, And church... You almost had to have somebody drag you to church because it was not a wonderful experience. You ever been in a church like that? I've been in a church like that. You've been in a church like that. Listen to me. What kept you going? Not to church, but what kept you going in life? I'm going to tell you what kept you going in life. It wasn't church. It was somebody else. Who was it? Jesus. See, because something kept you from giving up. And some people have given up on church because of the negative things about church, right? But what keeps people going is because of the relationship that they have with Jesus. See, that's the hope. The hope isn't church. Because church, let's be honest with you, has got problems. And the biggest problem in church is people. Do you understand what I'm saying? People are a problem. But God's not a problem. Jesus is not a problem. He's the answer. And so he's calling us to recognize, do not get all whacked out. Do not get all upset because all of a sudden the culture has changed. You need to look at it as what? Opportunity. What kind of opportunity are you talking about, George? I'll tell you exactly what kind of opportunity I'm telling you about because we live in a culture today where basically you can do whatever you want to do and it's okay. Is that not true? You can pursue whatever you want to pursue. You have freedom, right? Now here's the problem. Nobody's told anybody that, okay, you can do whatever you want to do. But if you do that, it might destroy you. And so what we have is is a landscape of bodies around us. The wreckage of human life around us. Because as people, people... begin to exercise their freedom to do whatever they want to do. They are literally destroying their lives and their families. Is that not what we're watching? And they're looking for an answer, a real answer. Am I happy that the culture is changing and that people are destroying their lives? No, I'm not happy about it. But I'm not going to get in a funk that I've realized that I'm missing the opportunity now to be able to present to people the only solution that they need, and that's Jesus. See, he calls the disciples to recognize the opportunity. He says the fields are white unto harvest. The, the opportunity is there. So what does he call us to do? Here's the next thing he calls us to do. I think it's amazing. Pray. Pray. Jesus calls us to pray. What? It's the opportunity. We've got to take the opportunity. We've got to seize the day. What do we got to do? Pray. The reason why we react to that is because, let's be honest with you, we don't really believe prayer is going to affect anything. That's why we don't pray. You want to write that down? We don't really believe that prayer is going to affect anything. That's why we don't pray. But Jesus is saying, look at the opportunity that is there. Humanity is in need of something better. Humanity, people around you, your family members are in need of something better. What do you need to do? Pray. Pray. Pray for God to change their hearts, to send somebody out to share with them about Jesus. Not about church. Do you understand what I'm saying? Not about church. It's about their need for Jesus. Do you you understand? Let's get away from talking about church and talk about who? Because that's what people need. Right? Jesus. And the first thing you do is you pray. God, send forth somebody to send them. And sometimes when you pray that way, you realize something. I remember there's an old story of, of an old church and they had Wednesday night prayer meeting how many of you remember when churches had wednesday night prayer meeting okay and 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 the, and, the, and i remember like in the church where i got saved down in south carolina we'd break up into groups of men and women in a circle and and the story was of a deacon who would always pray in his deep deacony voice god extend your hand to the lost brother so and so God, extend your hand to the lost. He prayed that every week. That one week, he prayed that and he got quiet. He quit praying. He just got quiet and people were uncomfortable. And and, and somebody said, brother, brother, are you okay? And here's what he said. I don't think so. What was wrong? He said, I realized I was his hand. You're the hand. You're the laborer. Do you understand what I'm saying? You're the person that needs to share. So you pray. You pray for for, for people to be reached. You pray for people to be reached. And Here's the thing. We're to pray. We are to pray for people to bring hope to humanity. That's what we're praying for. God... We need people, you to raise up within our church. We need you to raise up within the Christian community in a culture that is, that is imploding on itself, that in a culture that is destroying itself. God, we need you to work in our hearts so that we can share hope for other people. That's what's missing. Do you understand what I'm saying? When I listen to Christian radio and I listen to people getting all whacked out about what's going on in the culture and stuff, here's what's missing from the message. Hope. There's no more messages of hope. Because we have the greatest hope, right? What is the greatest hope? It's not church folk. What is the greatest hope? Jesus. Do you believe that? Boy, that was pretty lame. What's the greatest hope? Jesus. All right. I mean, I've heard you cheer the Steelers on better than that. And let me tell you, they're not your hope. Well, let me ask you a question. We've seen what Jesus' assessment is. We recognize that. We've seen his solution. We understand that. Maybe you're struggling with implementing that, but here's what I want you to see. How are you reacting to the changing culture around you? How are you reacting?
0: Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. this coming week.